Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Podcast on the Athletic Network, a fine network. It's Monday, February 6th, 2023. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, as Tess Mellis. Podcast listeners, I watched every minute of the Grammys, and I have no regrets. <laughs> Next to Tassie is the bearded one, Matasha Hotboy, Trey Kirby. Hey-o! Hey-o! And last but not least, over yonder, making the magic happen, super producer J.D. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Well, what'd you think? Can you give us like a one-minute breakdown of the Grammys? Well, you watched part? it too, I right? watched the first maybe 40 minutes until The Last of Us started. Then I was out. Oh, you're I smart. I said, bye. You're way smarter than I am. Yeah. I say I have no regrets, but there are definitely some regrets. I saw Bad Bunny perform. That was amazing. That started the show, if I have that correct. Great speeches from Lizzo, okay. from Kendrick Lamar. Okay. Found out who Samara Joy was, new awesome. artist. She's cool. <laughs> It's just nice to remember what music is. All these artists. Who are these artists? Oh, yeah, these artists. The hip-hop tribute. Amazing sequence. uh, How do they do it? I heard it's Grant Hill's favorite night in the calendar. (laughs) He does love music. Uh, All right, shout out to the stream team joining us live on YouTube. Take a second, like the video. Make sure you subscribe to No Dunks and comment away. Get your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. We got t-shirts, we got hoodies, we got mugs, whatever you want to support the show. Also, some tickets are still available for our No Dunks Live show in Salt Lake City, Friday, February 17th, 8 p.m. at the Urban Lounge. Looks like we're going to be nominated for a, for a Grammy possibly next year after this performance, live studio performance. Uh, so hit that link in the show notes if you're going to be in Salt Lake City for All-Star Weekend. Come hang with us on Friday night. There are some, not many, uh, VIP meet-and-greet packages available too if you want to do that. Hang out with us an hour before the show, get preferred seating, and all that jazz. Uh, And if you're done, or when you're done, I should say, with today's No Dunks podcast, I highly recommend you check out the brand new Is This Good pod from our guy Matty O and JD, Joey Devine and Sean Keen from the very funny Round Ball Rock podcast. Uh, Join the guys to debate a number of things. Uh, Some of my favorites included uh, whether it's good to name a sword. (laughs) Uh, whether it's good to have slot machines based on television shows and uh, whether it's good to remind people it's your birthday this is 
this was so funny that I'm like, hmm, I think Joey and Sean should be on on this all the time. Hmm. I thought the rapport was great. I thought it was very, very funny. So check out Is This Good? It went up, uh, I guess, at the crack of dawn on Monday morning. Midnight Pacific time. Oh, okay. <laughs> Pacific time. Wow. It's at 3 a.m. Eastern time. Yeah. It finally dropped. Uh, John Tesh. Is John Tesh one of the categories or... He's, just the song He comes, he comes up in uh, subjective trivia. Oh, tremendous, tremendous. Yeah, I uh, just finished the pod on the way in here this morning. Obviously, everybody knows he was nominated in 2003 for the Grammy for Best Pop Instrumental Album. Oh, oh. That's long after Round Ball Rock dropped. <laughs> what was the name of the album? Do you know? Was it Sax on the Beach? Uh, Power of Love. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I think he should get a Lifetime Achievement Award for writing Round Ball Rock, personally. I agree, I agree with that. I agree. Uh, he, go he check out. the uh, the... Did he not do the theme for Entertainment Tonight as well? <laughs> I, yeah, I think you might be sure. right. <laughs> yeah. Iconic, guys. Iconic. Yeah. I, I guess it Which, is. What's more iconic? Oh, Round Ball Round Rock. Round Ball Rock. Round Ball Rock, Ball Rock I sure. couldn't even tell you how Entertainment Tonight. That's Round Ball Rock. That's Round Ball Rock. That's not Entertainment Tonight. You had me going there for a second. Maybe it's the same tune. What is Entertainment Tonight? It is similar. It's very similar. Maybe it is the same all this time. No, it's, the same it's not song. the same. It's a different arrangement. It's a lifetime achievement. It's not <laughs> uh, okay, we have a ton to get to. we got to stop talking about John Tesh. If you want to hear more about Tesh, go get Is This Good in your ear holes uh, or watch it on YouTube. Uh, before we get to the Kyrie trade and before we get to our winners and losers of the NBA weekend, we did have a wedgie. Just quickly, Friday night, Eric Gordon sticking one. They're against the Raps, which was always fun. Um, that looked on purpose. <laughs> I mean, he was within two feet of the rim. Well, it's funny you say that, Tess. Maybe it was because that was Eric Gordon's second consecutive wedgie. Huh. He had number 31, huh. and now he has number 32. And outside of Reggie Jackson giving us two wedgies in the same game? Wow. Not sure that's ever happened. So maybe he was trying to stick that one on purpose. Anyway, 32 wedgies. You'll love to see it. Way to go, E.G. Uh, okay, let's get uh, let's get into the Kyrie trade. Now we did an emergency podcast on Sunday. Highly recommend you go listen and watch that one if you want to on YouTube. YouTube, <laughs> YouTube. Uh, we did about thirty-five minutes on it. Uh, immediate reaction, you know, soon after the news broke. But if you are just coming out from under a rock, or maybe you were too wrapped up in the Grammys, uh, the Nets have traded Kyrie Irving to the Mavericks along with Markeith Morris for Spencer Dinwiddie. Dorian Finney-Smith, an unprotected 29 first-round draft pick, and two future second-round picks there in 27 and 29. Kyrie requested a trade on Friday. Uh, yeah, we did an emergency podcast for that one, too, uh, after talks of a possible contract extension with the Nets broke down. So he now joins his fourth team in seven seasons. Um, I promised that I would let you do this. I really botched it there when we went to that board. But it's, good, it's been man. so long since we've heard the Southern Lawyer. Do you want to just get ready for this week, trade deadline week, and hopefully we hear from the Southern Lawyer like 10 times? <clears throat> Going for best vocal performance yeah. here. <laughs> we got all sales a trade! <laughs> oh, God, I'm glad we went to it. Uh, all right, so, uh, again, we did the emergency podcast. Check that out. But let's come at this from a different angle here today. Let's play Grade That Trade. And we'll do it from... Both sides here. Both teams. Let's begin with the Dallas Mavericks. 
We're looking for a for a grade from the Dallas Mavericks side of things, uh, Tass. You've had a little more time to think about it. You were high on it yesterday, I'll be honest, on the emergency podcast. You were starting to talk yourself into the Mavericks winning a championship mm, well, with Kyrie and Luke. Yeah. I mean, conference finalists, sure. <laughs> but how, do, how would you grade the trade from Dallas Mavericks side of things? The Mavericks side of things, I'm giving them two grades. A for this season, C for future seasons, and C stands for cluster F, because who knows what's going to happen <laughs> okay, in future okay. seasons. But as for this season, their ceiling is way higher than with Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith, in my opinion. I like the fact that Kyrie Irving is playing for a contract, and he was playing for it in Brooklyn, and you saw he was playing spectacularly well. I think he can play well for the next few months. He does raise the ceiling of this team for the next few months. After that, as our man Zach Harper said on The Athletic, ceiling is really high, but the floor is lava. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> oh, a good way to put it. <laughs> who knows what could happen? I do think the Mavs sign him to a four-year max this offseason. I don't think they gave up what they gave up to just have him around for a rental. <laughs> that, that was not a rental price. And it's risky, baby. I know that. I understand that. People saying two ball hogs, give me a break. They can play with one another. No one else really requires the ball. They'll be entirely fine. I'm excited to see what they can do these next few months because they're an average team without him. And or, you know, with what they were as they were currently constructed, they could still do something. I know people are worried about their defense, and we can get into that. But I still think they have enough around those guys with Reggie Bullock coming into the starting lineup, I'm sure. Josh Green, who they wouldn't give up, sort of in a Jaden McDaniels style. He is a very good defender. I mean, Bullock and Dwight Powell, who they still have, were starters on that team that went to the conference finals. So, no, I'm not going NBA finals quite yet. But a conference finals finalist, I believe that. And at least the Mavs are trying to make up for what they did with Jalen Brunson letting him go. But still, lots of worries after this season. There's no doubt. How are you grade this from the Mavs side of things? I'm at a B minus, which okay. I think is what you get when you average an A <laughs> yeah. <and> a CF. <laughs> That's probably right. Uh, the risk is so high, uh, but the Mavericks were desperate. Like they pushed all in pretty early in Lucas Courier there in Dallas with the uh, the Chris Epps Porzingis trade. That didn't go well. They had to shuffle the deck after for Dinwiddie and Bertans last year with Brunson leaving. It put them in an even tougher spot. Everybody's been saying all season long. They need somebody else alongside Luka. This team is not good enough to really be challenging. And they got closer to a championship, I think, by getting Kyrie Irving. That Mm -hmm. being said, to Mm -hmm. me, the window to win for Dallas is this season. Kyrie is in a contract year, like you're saying, Tass. You're probably going to get the best Kyrie that you can possibly get because he wants to lock in a four-year max at the end of the season. That's what he was doing the past six weeks for the Nets, trying to be a good guy, trying to (laughs) stay under the radar and show people that he's still an all-NBA-level performer. So if you're Dallas, you have to hope that that is the case going forward here. He can go everywhere, anywhere he wants in the offseason. So that's certainly a worry for the Mavs. Sure. Luka Doncic... The clock is ticking at this point. They've got three years until he can become an unrestricted free agent. So to me, it's almost this year a bust for the Mavericks. And I think that means getting at least to a conference finals. And surely they want to go farther than they did last year. Scary stuff. Yeah. Yeah, man. (laughs) That's pretty scary stuff. You're the most combustible guy in the league. And they're like, we need to have it. (laughs) Yeah. They didn't really have another choice. Like, who else? What's another star the Mavericks were going to bring in at the level of Kyrie Irving? It's because they botched so many things beforehand. Right, right, right. I mean, they they took a big swing on the Porzingis deal. That sort of blew up in their face. Obviously, they let Jalen Brunson go here in free agency in the last summer. Yeah. um, They wanted that second star. This is the big part, right? Luka carries this team. 
offensively. He does everything. And we've seen that work in the regular season. Hell, it works in even playoff series. It works in first halves, and you see as the game goes on, he does tire. How could you not having one of the highest, you know, usage rates of all time? It's like at fifth all time right now what um, Luka does with the Dallas Mavericks. So it makes sense to get somebody to help him out there, and they and they take this big swing on Kyrie, and they see whether or not it works out. I thought uh, Sam Quinn of CBS Sports had a good point. It felt like the Mavs were maybe going to wait until the offseason to try and land the superstar. But when you then start to think about, like, what package were they going to put together to try and get a superstar? Which super, superstar, first off, were they going to get? And weren't they going to be outbid by a lot of teams anyway that had more draft capital, more players, and stuff like that, if someone were to come available? So that's maybe why they're like, all right, our only path to getting a star is to get a flawed one at the right time here. And they saw the opening with Kyrie demanding a trade and saying, I'm not going to play for the Nets after the season if I'm still here. And they're like, all right, let's do it. Because I think there is some, like, that makes sense because the Thunder, the Rockets, the Jazz, the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, the Raptors, the Knicks, they probably all, if we were to get to the summer and there was whatever superstar available, I think they're being outbid by all those teams in a lot of in a lot of cases. So this is why they are like, this might just be our best chance to get a even a volatile star to pair with Luka. Give it a go. They definitely put forth the best package. I still like the Clippers package that we'll get to, led by Terrence Mann and a first-round pick and some pick swaps. A little bit more than this uh, Nets or this Mass package, excuse me. But uh, the Nets clearly picked this package because the Mavs overpaid in comparison to to other teams. They went for it and. Uh, <laughs> The Nets, I think, still want to make some deals as well. The fact that they accepted this deal four days before uh, the trade deadline. But yeah, Cube said we'll overpay uh, for uh, a risky proposition here. <laughs> it's a lot of risk. There's no doubt. Do we think the Mavs are done making a move here before the deadline? Do we think there's something they can do with some of their picks that they do still have or Tim Hardaway Jr., Bertons, like those type of contracts in trying to get maybe – some more defensive-minded guys even to add to this roster? They have to. Uh, They need a little bit more defense, but it's a lot easier to find defenders than it is to find superstars. So the concerns about Kyrie playing alongside Luka Doncic, not a problem for me. Reminds me very much of when Chris Paul joined James Harden and everyone's like, how are they going to do that with two balls? And then they led the league in wins and almost went to the NBA Finals. They will figure it out offensively, but between buyout guys, between the contracts of Tim Hardaway Jr., Davis Bertans, and who knows what they decide to do with Christian Wood since he was an extension candidate we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. I think they can figure out a way to get some help on that end. Maybe they become a Jay Crowder team. Maybe they're interested in a guy like Josh Hart. It's tricky for how they can trade their pick because they owe one to the Knicks still for the KP deal. It probably goes this offseason, yeah. which means they can put 25 pick on the table, 27 pick on the table, which is why they did this one so far in the future. There's still moves to be made for Dallas, so I think they will bring in some additional help. I love how polarizing this trade is because Kyrie's involved. Because Kyrie is like the ultimate, like, what do you see in him, right? I feel like NBA GMs do this, fans do this. Like, do you see a champion or do you see a cancer? Do you see an all-star or do you see an agitator? You know, do you see a magician when it comes to scoring? Do you see a malcontent? It's like, whatever you want to see in Kyrie, you can see. Mm -hmm. And it's like, the truth is it's all of the above. His track, his, his track record shows that, um, both the positives and the negatives. But like you can talk yourself into being like, this is very, very hopeful. Or, of course, you can say, 
this is going to be a complete disaster. Oh, yeah. Because it's been a disaster the last three spots for him. Yeah. Right? I was doing it Sunday afternoon yeah. when it happened. Uh, I, Yeah, I, I get naive about these things. I start to think, it's Kyrie Irving. Uh, he can make things happen. But as you said, now his fourth team in seven years, the pre- three previous teams in Cleveland, Boston, and Brooklyn, the goodbye was a flameout. Yeah. It, it was a, a walkout with the building on fire. Thrice. I get the Boston, they handled it uh, pretty well because they have the stars. I, I can't wait to, you know, we'll discuss the Brooklyn side of things and mm-hmm. how that goes. But the relationship in Dallas with Nico Harrison, who used to be a, a Nike executive and now uh, sh- should hopefully bring that relationship along that he had with Kyrie Irving to to have a, a fruitful one in Dallas because he is a front office executive. That's why they put him in the front office because he had those relationships. Funny thing, because Nike has uh, since canceled their relationship <laughs> with Kyrie right. Irving. On the floor, yeah, things look all right. And oh, I, I have no doubt Kyrie is going to be on his best behavior for like, a couple coming months. in here. Yeah, and it, but but even if he is for the rest of the season because he is trying to get like a four-year, $200 million deal, I mean, it's still a fair question to go, Obviously, they're incredible offensive talent, but can they stop anyone currently as constructed? Like, is this team going all that far in playoff series? They, they've, they've lost depth. There's a lot of holes. <laughs> yeah, they've lost depth with Dorian Finney-Smith. But their starting lineup in the playoffs last year was Jalen Brunson, Luka Doncic, Dorian Finney-Smith, Reggie Bullock, and Dwight Powell. They still have Bullock and Dwight Powell. They'll throw in Josh Green for Dorian Finney-Smith. People are high on Josh Green. They should be. He's a really, really good defender. They lack some depth after that because they've gotten a little bit thinner, uh, trading away Spencer Dinwiddie. So the bench is a problem. There's going to be a lot on Kyrie's shoulders uh, to be that bench, essentially. And Kleba has to be back healthy, too. So that's that's there's a lot of question marks. Kleba coming back healthy is big. Reggie Bullock's being as good as he was last year is is important. He He hasn't been good enough this year. Can they find somebody else? Can Christian Wood play a little bit of defense? No. Do they have enough leadership in that locker room? Because they had more of it last year with Jalen Brunson on the floor. Right. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions. So we're going to get a lot of uh, Mavericks targeting Alex Caruso this week. Mavericks <laughs> targeting Jakob Pertl this week. Yep. You know, like those type of names, probably. All right, let's switch over to the Brooklyn Nets side of things. Trey, you get us started. What's your grade, Professor Kirby? Just a nice solid B. Okay. Mm. They say C's get degrees. So do bees. I can't give the Nets an A, though. They got worse. They definitely got worse. They downgraded from Kyrie Irving to Spencer Dinwiddie. And I literally already forgot the other player they got because I didn't write it down here because it says DFS, Daily Fantasy Sports. Dinwiddie (laughs) and Daily Fantasy Sports. Uh, I see people are bigging up the Nets for the return they got. They definitely got a good return considering the circumstances. Kyrie was out of there. They want to wash their hands of the headache that was Kyrie Irving. But if Spencer Dinwiddie... And Dorian Finney-Smith were that big of a deal. People wouldn't have been saying that Luka Doncic needed help for the entirety of the season. So I think they did a good job considering they want to remain competitive. Yeah. That, that is the biggest indication in this deal to me is that the Nets still want to try this year because Kevin Durant has played so well and he's getting so close to coming back. There is the potential for addition by subtraction. Just having this Kyrie Irving everything not hanging over their heads I think is good. And, I mean, if the Nets are going to get freaky with it, they got two rotation players and an asset. So now they've got a lot of duplication, right? Seth Curry, Joe Harris, Cam Thomas, similar style players. You don't need all three of them right now, especially considering Dinwiddie is coming in. Royce O'Neal, Dorian Finney-Smith, similar players. 
They've got this extra pick now. They got a couple of extra picks as well. They could make another move yeah. going forward. So we'll see what they do. They need some more size. Uh, they probably just need to consolidate some of these players here. But I think the Nets did a really good job considering their hands were a little bit tied with Kyrie saying he wants out. Would you agree with that? Considering the pressure they were sort of under yeah. and how little leverage they seemed to have? I also agree it's a B. It was a nice sober take by Trey because I think a lot of people out there got super excited for this return from the Dallas Mavericks. I don't think you got to be super excited about it. I don't think there's any reason to be super excited about it. They are worse. They were closer to being a championship contender yesterday when they had Kyrie Irving. And obviously, circumstances forced their hand to some degree. But they made this trade four days in advance of the trade deadline. They didn't wait. And I think part of it is the offers probably weren't getting better. But most importantly, they're going to make another move. I'm not so high on this deal because I'm not sure it pleases Kevin Durant long-term, the guy who also requested a trade in the offseason, to have Spencer Dinwiddie, who has you know, ruffled a few feathers in, in, the, in his history as well, plus Dorian Finney-Smith, where, yeah, they, they, they're, they're deeper, but they traded top-end talent for more rotation players. Mm-hmm. So they're solid. They've got a, a, an additional Royce O'Neal in Dorian Finney-Smith. And they're, they're solid, but I don't think it's enough to to really appease Kevin Durant, and that's why they're going to make an, another move. As Trey pointed out, they got lots of assets. I, I think that's coming pretty soon um, because, yeah, they, they're they fine. Uh, Kevin Durant can take them to a second round, maybe a conference final on his back, like he almost did a couple years ago against the Bucks. But I don't know if he's extremely happy with the, the talent around. He's still going to have to do a lot uh, with this team. But so you you believe the Nets could have got, or there were even better offers being presented to them I, I by think, other teams, be it yeah, Lakers, Clippers, Suns, um, than this Mavericks package. Let's go through them real quick. Sure. I, I understand some people may think that this one's the better package. Sure, but the the Clippers one that's out there, Kevin O'Connor, the Ringer, reported that. Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard, one future first, and two pick swaps were out there, plus another salary would have to make it work. I mean, we threw it out on the emergency podcast on Friday that Mann, Kennard, Batum, and I think it was a Morris thrown in there. Those four guys, Marcus Morris thrown in there. Just those four I thought was a, a decent package. You throw in the future first plus pick swaps. They went for it. They absolutely went for it with that that package. The Lakers package, Sham Sharani reporting, not as good. Westbrook plus two first-round picks. I know that's that's the solid part of it, but they want players. Obviously, it's clear the Nets, they don't want to tank. The Lakers did not want to give up. Austin Reeves Austin or Reeves. Max Christie. They didn't want to give up Austin Reeves or Max Christie, or maybe they thought there was some more room for negotiation here yeah. because there's a few days left. So they didn't have the players right. in this, and they also wanted a two-year – Kyra to sign a two-year extension. Yeah. They didn't want a rental. So I don't. I wouldn't put that – higher than the the Nets package. I do think the Clippers package is the best one. And then the Suns, they offered Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, and one first-round pick, according to sources. Not enough. Uh, I know Chris Paul is playing well, So it sounds like you would be ranking it Clippers, Mavericks, Suns, Lakers. Yeah, probably probably Lakers first because they could have done a little bit more. But, yeah, I, I, I think the... The, the prospect of Terrence Mann having Terrence Mann, I know people aren't Terrence Mann lovers, uh, but far young, far younger than Spencer yeah. Dinwiddie, plus the picks. I, I, I'm a little bit more excited about a future first-round pick after the Kawhi 
and Paul George scenario is over in 2028 versus the Luca one. Again, same year, but Luca could still be playing there, and so I think that pick could be better. But I'll tell you, who's not excited about those picks? Kevin Durant doesn't give a shit about those picks, just like LeBron doesn't give a shit about the Lakers picks. They're like, we want to win a championship now, so get me players. Yep. Right? Yep. Um, Any thoughts on these deals? You need two stars to win a championship, and the Nets no longer have two stars. So I don't think Kevin Durant's going to be happy long-term either. I think they play out the rest of this season – Maybe make some moves around the edges to help uh, KD and, you know, just figure out what their rotation is going to look like going into the playoffs. But this team is now a tough out, if you will. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, they might win a first round playoff series, but I don't think they're going really any farther than that. And then we're going to be talking Nets trades again in the summer. Yeah, we want some more emergency pauses next few days for when they trade. Cam Thomas, Seth Curry, or Joe Harris or somebody of that nature because the Bucs are still better, the Celtics are still better, the Sixers are still better. And then they're probably in that Cavs tier two group. KD and Kyrie Irving played 74 games together. That's amazing. Over three plus seasons in Brooklyn. And then, you know, we had KD and Kyrie and Harden playing 16 games together. (laughs) (laughs) They went 13 and three when they played in those 16 games. But it is wild how quickly this has all changed. And now it's, uh, it is just KD there with, I still think, a pretty good team around them. Like, okay, let me put it this way. All right. Do you think the Nets are a better team than the Mavericks right now or vice versa? Right now. We know there will be moves to be made. I think that is a big reason why this happened on the weekend. I I do agree with you having a couple more days here to both teams maybe do something. But right now, who's better? The Mavericks or the Nets? If KD's healthy, I guess I should have put that caveat in there. I think playoff Mavericks are better than playoff Nets. I know the regular season Mavericks, nobody's super excited about. They're a little uninspiring, but Luka takes it up to another level in the postseason. These playoffs. Yeah, but you know who takes it down? Kyrie Irving. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes, <laughs> yes. Contract year, I'm buying it. I'm buying okay. it for one playoffs. Okay, what about you? Nets or Mavs right now? Mavs. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. I'm not so sure about that. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think so. I love Kyrie Irving. I sometimes think I like Kyrie Irving more than most people, but the re- Brooklyn's record when he played versus when he didn't play, identical. So there's that. And then he did have bad playoff runs. His like percentage or his points per game like dropped significantly. Mm-hmm. So he didn't go up. He didn't even stay the same. It went from like 27 a game to like 22 a game. Um, so I think for, I, I, you know, with a healthy KD, I think I actually would go with the Nets right now. Because we talked about it a little bit on the emergency podcast. It is, you could put a really nice defensive unit around your offensive juggernaut in KD. A lot of good guys. DFS. Royce O'Neal, there is Ben Simmons, Nick Claxton, uh, and then even if Dinwiddie is your other sort of guard out there with him, I think that's pretty good. I think that's pretty good. They got so, swept out of the playoffs last they year. They did. Like Kyrie Irving was on the team. Yeah. And they got worse. I'm just saying Kyrie Irving hasn't, over the last couple of years, been all that great in playoff series. He hasn't. He, he as nice, as cool, as slick it. as these layups You're might right. look, there's still just two points. But what about his free throw percentage? He shot a thousand percent in Jesus. those four games in the playoffs. And the Mavs went to the conference finals last year. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that is interesting to, they to win com- series in the playoff. Yeah, to compare those two, I think yeah, Luca is a, is another animal in the playoffs. And yeah, it's, so it's, so it's KD. It, come on, of course. I mean, of course. Yeah, he yeah. almost carried them a couple of years ago. It is interesting when you look at you know, those two teams compared to each other, but then the conferences, because there's clear teams in tier one that are above the nets in the east in the east but in the west it's a little more open 
It is it is more open for Luca to get there. Okay, fair enough. Can't wait. All right, well, look, let's hear from all of you out there in the stream team listening later. Uh, let us know your trade grades, both sides of the equation here, Mavericks and Nets. How are you grading it? Get out your red uh, Sharpie there and put a mark on it. We'll take a break when we come back. We'll continue talking a little bit about the Kyrie deal. Yeah, LeBron, get, you know, LeBron. Yeah, we got to get into that. Uh, we'll talk about the winners and losers of the NBA weekend. Don't go anywhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. Good comment from Matthew Johnson in the streams. Dang, was guessing a Roman ad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, hey, look, it's a safe bet. Safe guess. (laughs) But no, Indochino, baby, back in our lives. Back on our backs. Mm -hmm. Or legs. Or... I ordered some pants recently. They don't do hats, I guess. I was going to say head, but they don't do hats. Do they do custom uh, Indochino hats? Custom top hats? I don't think so. We'll have to talk to them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, All right. If you are joining us live, thank you. Hit that like button if you haven't done so, and uh, make sure you've subscribed to No Dunks on YouTube. Okay, we're going to get to our winners and losers of the NBA weekend here. We usually start with winners, but no. Let's switch it up. Let's start with the losers, because I feel like there is a little bit more to unpack here uh, from this Kyrie Irving trade to the Mavs. We've got to talk about the Los Angeles teams. They both lost. The Los Angeli, the Lakers, and the Clippers came up short in the sweepstakes. Let's start with the Lakers. They're a loser. They were desperate for another star. They offered the Nets a package of Westbrook and two first-round picks. Those first-round picks we've been talking about all season long. The 27 pick, the 29 pick, according to Sham Sharanya. They offered it. But they didn't have the pieces to please the Nets. They just didn't have... <laughs> and they also didn't want Westbrook, probably. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 <laughs> yeah regardless of Westbrook. I'm, that's why I, I focused on the picks. It was about yeah. the picks. They didn't want to give up Austin Reeves or Max Christie. They're two young players. They also wanted Kyrie to ex- accept a two-year extension to trade any of those players. But uh, it's been a culmination of an entire year here where LeBron's been extremely vocal, saying... I need help multiple times. He was asked about it a couple days ago after Kyrie made the request if he would help on the Lakers. LeBron said, how do you say that? Duh. That's a duh question. <laughs> That's a duh question. Uh, they, <laughs> they could have tr- tr- made a move for Kyrie in the offseason as well. It's sort of been an eight-month hunt here. The price has only gone up, and they weren't willing to pull it off. And then LeBron tweeted about it as well on Sunday after the deal was done and he just said maybe it's me maybe Kyrie doesn't what does that mean does Kyrie maybe that means that Kyrie doesn't want to play with me or maybe the Lakers are not doing everything they can around him you can look at it from either way either way uh yeah they they could have traded Westbrook plus picks for Turner and Heald 
at at some point. Uh, and right now they don't have anybody. So obviously <laughs> they got Rui. They got Rui. Oh, Excuse Rui. me. Excuse me. That's my mistake. They got Rui. Uh, he's been playing well for them, but I, you got to throw them in as a loser, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Do you that- think they explored um, folding in a third team in a potential Kyrie Lakers trade? Because, I mean, I almost wonder if Polinka's like, too difficult. <laughs> I can't wrap my head around it. But, like, that to me, like, look, the picks, okay, are enticing. But the Nets don't really want picks. We've gone over this. Kevin Durant probably doesn't. Again, he doesn't give a shit about the 27, 29 picks. He wants players in theory. You want to keep them happy. You want to try and win a championship. They don't really have that. They probably don't want Westbrook. And I don't know about KD. I don't know if he wants to play with him again. I'm guessing not. So why wouldn't you try and route Westbrook to a third team, the pick or picks go to that team, and the players from that third team go to the Nets to appease them? Like the Hornets or something like that, or other teams. I would say the Nets did want picks. They did trade Kyrie for a nice pick, but I, I agree with you that they wanted other stuff. They, that, maybe, was, that was gravy to me, for sure. But they wanted players. I think they made that – that was proven. Spencer yeah. Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith are players you can at least start and play a lot of minutes, right? When we planned this show pre-Kyrie trade, and there was that – the trade via SI, the hypothetical yeah. out yeah. there that was Lakers, Hornets, Nets – it was rerouting Terry Rozier, Mason Plumley, and Kelly Oubre to the Nets. Right. Uh, With Westbrook's contract and then a pick or two going to the Hornets for helping. <laughs> Thank you for your service. Right. Which is fine. I'm just curious if that was explored by Polinka and the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> they were just like, nope, we're not giving you Max Christie. Stop asking. <laughs> our final line. Maybe they, maybe they were a little convinced, like, nobody's going to want Kyrie Irving. Nobody wants it to actually add him to the locker room. So we're, this will be the best offer there. Maybe that's what And I don't want to get all conspiracy theory, but that proposed trade of Westbrook and two first-round picks did not come out by Shams Rani until the LeBron tweet oh, came course. out. And maybe covering covering their ace a little bit, I think they're just – there's a p- potential because you, you never know. They could just be saying, hey, LeBron, we tried. We tried, yeah. even if they yeah. didn't offer that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's a lock that they even offer those two first-round picks. And, and but, keep, but that listen. In, keep that in mind with all these proposed trade packages that come out after the fact. Yeah. Because but- I was even convinced <laughs> the Clippers didn't want to include Terrence Mann. And then, of course, now after he's traded to the well, Nets, oh, we were saying Terrence Mann. Now we just don't know. I, mean, I will say about that one, the difference was there was a report from our man, Law Murray, at The yeah, Athletic. He's plugged in. Before the trade happened. Before okay, the trade happened, okay. as soon as the request was made that the Clippers – very, very soon after, made a significant, quote, significant <laughs> offer. And does that – I think significant means Terrence Mann plus a pick if, because otherwise it's – I mean, he's the best player by far with the most potential that they had. Potential. So if you want to call it significant – I mean, they had – okay, outside Kawhi and Paul George. If it wasn't significant, it would be Kawhi Batum. Anyway, uh, that's where we are. The Clippers missed out as well. They missed out here. They apparently they offered, according to uh, the ringer who finalized the players, Kevin O'Connor threw out there, Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann, a future first, and a couple pick swaps. Yeah, that's my. So they already they uh, either botched it here, both of these LA teams, or the Mavs did them a favor, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes, uh, I think the Lakers botched it though. To me, they are the team that one hundred percent should have done this trade. It's a kind of a risk. For everybody else, I think, especially the Mavericks, they could have just completely blown up their franchise and 
three years' time. Uh, but the Lakers, it's felt like Kyrie's going there. That's probably why they didn't offer every single player in their rotation. They need to have a rotation going forward is key. And surely they think they still have a chance at getting Kyrie in the summer. So why would you trade the couple of hits you got yeah. in Austin Reeves and Max Christie, random finds who can actually play for your team. Why would you trade those guys if you're going to try and get Kyrie in the summer anyways? Yeah, you, you uh, on yesterday's emergency podcast, you're pretty convinced that still c- goes down like that. Why would it not be still on the table at the very least? I mean, I'm sure Cuban is going to want to convince Kyrie to stick around for four years considering the price that they just paid to bring him to town. But mm-hmm. the Tealies have said Kyrie to L.A. for nine months – now, apparently the Lakers people never actually got in touch with Kyrie's people over the summer, which seems kind of crazy to me that that wouldn't actually happen. But who knows? I'm sure Danny Ainge will come out and say he was very close to trading for Kyrie in this one as well. You never <laughs> know what's actually going down, but it felt like the Lakers could get him. And it still feels like the Lakers could get him. Yeah, it's a possibility. But you have the LA's who, as a loser. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. You guys, uh, it's seemingly you like the Mavs package the best. I think it was... I think it was very, very solid. It's a good, like, again, they were, this guy demands a trade 48 hours prior, and they got back guys in Dinwiddie and Dorian. I like Dorian Finn-Smith. I think he's a really, really good, you know, 3 and D type player that can play on a lot of teams. Um, sure. And then, you know, Dinwiddie, he played some of his best ball in Brooklyn, and, and I, I think it makes a little more sense, at least the, the idea of around a healthy Kevin Durant to play right now. Moving forward, sure. So I thought it was good. Um, I just think there were deals with a third team that would make sense too to get Kyrie to the Lakers picks and Westbrook going to this third team and then players going to the Nets that are maybe just as enticing or if not more enticing than what they ultimately got so yeah I'm just surprised I thought he was going to the Lakers and maybe Trey's right that he just goes there after it's all said and done just signs there and it's like sorry Cubes (laughs) or maybe he signs a four-year deal with the Mavericks and forces a trade to the Lakers next summer Jesus yeah yeah. I mean if you're betting on anything (laughs) bet on that because that's the most chaotic uh, way to go about it Rob Plink is going galaxy brain here (laughs) Carmelo Anthony demanded a trade the Knicks said we'll give you whatever you want once upon a time to the to the Denver Nuggets (laughs) maybe Rob Plink is a step ahead who do you have for Loser of the Weekend? Let's get off this Kyrie talk here. <laughs> I'm about done with it. We didn't even get into the Suns part of it enough, Oh, Skeets. interesting. Oh, they're going to wow. get Kevin Durant. Just wait. Is Chris Paul that washed that Kevin Durant doesn't even want to play with him? Really makes you think. Really makes you think. Biggest basketball loser of the weekend on the basketball court. Yep. Golden State Warriors and Stephen Curry. Curry banged knees with Mavs guard McKinley Wright on Saturday night. An MRI subsequently revealed partial tears to his superior, superior tibiofibular ligaments and interosseous membrane, as well as a contusion to his lower leg. Hmm. What? No major structural damage, but lots of pain and bruising in that knee for Steph Curry. We've heard that he's going to miss multiple weeks. Yep. He's going to miss the All-Star game because that is within two weeks. So there's a few main questions. First and foremost, what do the Warriors do? They're going to start Jordan Poole. He played his best basketball starting for Curry when Curry just missed 11 games. Also would be nice for Golden State if Andrew Wiggins breaks out of his slump. Yeah. He just recently returned to the lineup, but those are their two players who are going to need to step up in Curry's absence. The good part, a manageable schedule, I would say, for Golden State. Plus, they've got the all-star break, which takes a week out of things. True. Golden State plays the Clippers. On February 14th, happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Then again on March 9th. Other than that, no other teams in the top four between now and then. Eight of those next 11 at home. 
that's all right. Warriors went seven and eight without Steph, and that's kind of the recipe here. They just got to tread water because right now, two and a half back from third place in the Western Conference, and also two and a half games up on 13th in the Western yep. Conference. This is a big month for Golden State. As for the All-Star game, a couple questions. Who takes Steph's starting spot? Likely John Morant, though maybe some circumstances have changed that over the weekend. And who replaces him ultimately as a player yeah. in the All-Star game? And does Kyrie Irving now becoming a Western Conference player, does that have any sort of an effect on things? Put in De'Aaron Fox is the solution. Just put him in. Yeah, the All-Star game is interesting because I don't think it changes anything really with the starters, right? Because they're just... Well, somebody has to be bumped up as a starter in the East. So Jalen Brown will likely be the other starting backcourt player in the East, right? Jalen Brown, Donovan Mitchell. But hold on. Kyrie stays in the pool. They 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 just pick from that jumble. Yeah, just because Curry is out, somebody has to join that part. Fine. Uh, And then a new player joins, so it doesn't matter which conference that player comes from. Really. Probably comes from the West, though. If For, you're replacing Curry, I'm assuming Silver yeah. picks Fox or Ant, though I guess because Kyrie, because there's less players now from the Eastern <laughs> Conference, I guess he could pick a Harden or a Brunson. I mean, yeah. I don't think he will, but yeah. Anyway, the worrisome part is for the Warriors. Yeah. I never want to count the Warriors out. There is the All-Star break in there. There is a, a softy schedule these next five games before the All-Star break. It's not incredibly hard. But I just wonder... Is it just too much to overcome? It's going to be several weeks. It's it's not it's not going to be quick. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, is it too much to overcome in that they haven't played great for the first fifty games of the season? Great enough anyway to be a, a to really feel like they're a, a championship contender. They obviously overcame Steph's injury last year. He missed a good chunk of time, but that was after they had played so well. Right. So I, I don't know if the superior tibiofibular ligament injury. I just wanted to say that, nice. and because that's a real thing, uh, and I, I'm glad that Steve Kerr also said afterwards. He said I had no idea that was a thing. <laughs> uh, the tibio, fib- I thought those were two different bones: the tibia and the fibia. I guess the ligament connects them. Uh, is that, is that what's going you. on? And well, it's at the top. Just the top superior. Means superior. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just a bang of the knees. Yeah, I mean, it was and, a weird injury. Yeah, he. I mean, he came up hopping yeah. right away. You could see it, kind of like. His knee bent inwards yeah. a little bit. And yeah, and then was just hopping off right away. Um, yeah, this is really bad because I know we all want to say, look, they're the champion, the defending champs. They have Curry. Like, you could win against anyone. But, like, is anybody going to be picking the Warriors if they have to, like, get in from the play-in or just be on the road in every single series to repeat as champs? That, I mean, that... I couldn't get there. They to me they have to get a little higher here. I think it would help them out to have some obviously home games in, in a playoff series or, or two if they could get it, because that is a hell of a task. Despite it still being like open to some extent, there's no one running away with it in the Western Conference. Um I just, I'm not gonna be betting on that. So this is this sucks. Because he can miss a good chunk of time here. And they have to slow play it because they're like, we're nothing without him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we can't like rush him back just to get in there. We just gotta like like you said, keep our heads above water, try and play 500 ball over the next couple of weeks, hope we're just still in this jumbled mess of the Western Conference where he comes back and we have one week of good basketball and we suddenly jump four spots, right? Yeah, Which I could th- be I th- a play. He's a quick enough healer, and Trey mentioned the names that have to play better. Andrew Wiggins got to play his best ball of the season now. Yeah, He's got he's to play great ball, and that could help a lot. Get these, five, these next five games are – as soft as it gets, really. I mean, it could be softer, I guess. But OKC, Portland, Lakers, Washington, Clippers. 
It's not bad mm-hmm. if Wiggy and Poole ball out. Loser of the weekend to the Washington Wizards. I'll make this real quick. The Wizards led by 23 points versus the Nets on Friday night, and they led by 20 points versus the Blazers on Saturday night. They lost both those games. Oh, the Wizards are going to zard, man. Holy, they had that six-game win streak, and then they just blow two games over the weekend. Up by 23, and then the next night by 20, and lose both of them. According to ESPN Stats and Info, they are the first team over the last 25 seasons to lose when leading by 20-plus points on consecutive days. Oof. I'm almost happy that goes to the Washington Wizards, that title. That's perfect, that stat actually. feels very wizardy. Um, so that's just rough. I mean, these, you know, they had a nice little stretch here. They were playing well in these games. Good enough to build these big leads, and they let both let go of their open, both of them. Simple as that. It's a roller coaster with this yeah, team. Yeah. Sometimes they streak. Absolutely. Um, some other news here that's sort of loser-like, I guess. Um, Mo Bamba, Austin Rivers. <laughs> Getting into it on the weekend. Uh, the NBA Too suspended funny. Mo Bamba four games, Austin Rivers for three for their roles in an on-court altercation on Friday night. Jalen Suggs also got one game for uh, escalating the incident. That really pissed Rivers off, by the way, what Suggs did, grabbing him by the neck uh, when Don't that sort of neck. little brouhaha went down. So he sat out Sunday's uh, magic win over the Hornets. Any thoughts on uh, a very weird fight here? And how it happened, how it started with Bamba and Austin Rivers all river shooting in the corner and Bamba talking shit. Yeah, you don't see a guy come off the bench yeah. and start throwing haymakers all that often. Um, allegedly, Mo Bamba, I think, said to Austin Rivers, it's not high school anymore. And then Austin Rivers said on his Instagram story, the only reason we know you is because of an old rap song. <laughs> funny. <laughs> Honestly, just funny to me. I don't, I don't know. It's like, yeah, Austin Rivers kind of does feel like he peaked in high school. <laughs> Same with Mo Bamba. <laughs> like, perfect guys to fight each other. I don't know. Austin Rivers has a podcast. Yeah. yeah. Conspiracy I mean, Theory he was doing was... all of this for uh, yeah, podcast clips. the pod, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but he went to go shoot a, a corner three. And, yeah, Mo, Mo Bamba threw that comment out. He went back on defense, turned around because he heard it, and then went right back to that corner next time on offense. But – Kept on going past the corner, right to the bench. Mm-hmm. You don't see that too he stepped often. Stepped to him, yeah. Stepped to him one on five, and and Bamba got oh, up. Got out of here, and then yeah. yeah. And, oh, there's uh, the takedown. Yeah, Jalen Suggs jumped in there. Austin Rivers didn't like the fact that Jalen Suggs pulled him down from behind. Fair enough. Around his neck. Fair enough. Yeah. But you were in a situation where there were, you had no boys around you. It was just him versus the bench, so the numbers weren't there for him. Uh, and Mo Bamba went right back sprinted back to the hallways and apparently there was a, a, a lot of uh, police back there after the game to make sure nothing got out of hand in that situation but strange because the play was on Rudy Gobert throwing it through the legs of Anthony Edwards in the backcourt just a terrible yeah, turnover then all, of, then all of a sudden I, th- I think is Anthony Edwards I'm watching Anthony Edwards and Rudy Gobert are they going to high five after that Anthony Edwards is looking off in the distance like oh he wasn't happy with that turnover I, oh no he's just looking to see a Fight breakout mm-hmm. on the bench, uh, which was wild. And a three-game and four-game suspension. Yeah, four-game for Bamba, three for Austin Rivers, and then that one for Suggs that he's already sat out for. I got Bamba. Even though it was one-on-five, I think if it was a one-on-one battle in the ring, I got Bamba mm. over Rivers. Yeah, Austin Rivers is scrappy. 
Yep. Uh, Actually, go watch him just talk about the fight. I don't know if you guys watched the clip of Austin Rivers, like in the post game press conference. Um, Just, just like giving his honest thoughts about it. Like it's like I'm like, man, I gotta check out this podcast now. (laughs) This guy's fascinating. The way he's like breaking it down and explaining how it all went down. I was intrigued, but that was a good clip. I think ESPN had it up. Uh, apologies to to JD because I went and grabbed that clip that we just showed you on YouTube if you're watching of the fight the music that was set to it was Stone Cold Steve Austin's theme music <laughs> really? yeah oh, wow. <laughs> okay because not somebody a, not a stunner was delivered in this though uh, but it's a, this is as fighty as an NBA fight will get right? I mean yes yeah, yeah, that's true. Not a lot. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, was yeah, even a punch more, really thrown? I, I guess. Baba was ready to fire one until yeah. Jalen Suggs removed his target. With well, that. Austin Rivers actually talked about it. He's like, nobody in the NBA wants to actually fight, fight, like throw a punch because you could break your hand. <laughs> and then you're done <laughs> for the season and, you know, could lose a ton of money and all that. So. Oh, there's that security guard that went viral. Great story from John Krasinski. He jumped right in there <laughs> on the athletic. I saw him. I know that guy. Well, you talked about uh, the police presence. <laughs> You talked about police presence in the back after that one? Yeah. Because Bomba's sprinting back and everyone's all hot and bothered. Uh, this is a crazy story. It's from The Athletic, actually. Uh, John Morant tweeted um, that a friend of his has been banned from games at the FedEx Forum for a year. This punishment stems from a confrontation on January 29th when the Grizzlies hosted the Pacers. During the game, a lot of barking going on between the Pacers players and then friends of John Morant seated along the sideline. The talking apparently continued into the players' parking area after the game. This led to an investigation by the league, and it gets really serious here, and it's scary. According to the Athletics, someone in a slow-moving SUV, which apparently John Morant was riding in, trained a red laser on these Pacers players or personnel. The NBA investigated that part. They could not like confirm whether it was a red laser on a weapon, um, but that's where we're at there. Again, I believe his name is Pac, uh, John Morant's friend, so he is... Uh, going to be not coming to the games for a year but this i mean got it sounds like it got a little too damn serious there uh, in the back between the pacers and the grizzlies or at least john moran's friends very very weird story ja has a chance to make life-changing generational money for himself his family and his friends he's obviously the face of the grizzlies franchise just got a signature shoe don't blow it <laughs> right like don't blow it mm-hmm. he, he's gonna be responsible for the people around him yep and there's just honestly too much noise around the Grizzlies, period, right now. That's like something every single week at this point, off the court related, uh, that's taken away from what they're doing on the court. So, I don't know. Weird stuff. Weird, weird stuff. Yeah, and to that point, they have lost eight of nine games. Mm-hmm. And they've lost eight of nine games since the Shannon Sharp incident. <laughs> since <laughs> D- Dylan Brooks got into it with Shannon Sharp. Their minds may not be on the game as much. Obviously, this weekend, injuries jaw out mm-hmm. uh, in that game against the Raps. Steven Adams out. Dylan Brooks now suspended out of that game oh, as right. well. You guys were right. He ended up getting a game for the old uh, nut shot there to Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> Just one. Just one. Just one. Just one. Only hit one testy. Yeah. <laughs> they examined. They examined yeah, the didn't, testicles. He didn't go like that. He didn't horn frog him. <laughs> horn frog. Good word. <laughs> that what they call it? No, horn I just frog? thought of, uh, don't the TCU, em. don't they like do that or something? Hook <laughs> horns? That <laughs> yeah. Horn frog. No, not hook em horns. That's oh, that's Texas the long horns. horns. I, th- I think TCU, oh, the dude. horn frogs, they do something like that. Oh. I'm pretty sure they do. Don't didn't horn, horn frog. frog. Anyway, he only hit <laughs> one nut. Got one. Okay.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. So let's move on here. Let's get to some winners of the NBA weekend. Trewa, who you got? I know this is from the weekend, but it feels like six or seven years ago (laughs) at this point. But maybe the best basketball moment of the weekend was Nick Batum's clutch three to send a Saturday night game against the Knicks to overtime. This was a wild one. Just in general, the Knicks trailed by 15 heading into the fourth quarter. And Jalen Brunson got his clutch on nine points, three assists. He finished with 41 and seven for the night. The Knicks had the lead. With eight seconds left, Clippers got a nice look for Paul George. Three-pointer from above the break. Clankarooski, but a nice play by Kawhi to keep the ball alive. Zubat secured the offensive rebound. And as you know, the best time for a three-pointer, it's after an offensive rebound. Uh Too much scrambling. Ball finds its way to Batum on the right wing. Cash out. They go into overtime, and the Clippers made 15 free throws. In overtime. (laughs) That's crazy. It was a foul called every single time. I watched this game. It's so insane how many foul calls there are that when you're watching the House of Highlights recap, they're having to put fouls in for overtime because there wasn't actual scoring. It was just like a cool move. Somebody gets fouled and makes some free throws at the line. Uh, Clippers did the dub. They're up to fourth in the Western Conference. Tune in tonight. Clippers versus Nets on playback. Oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot we were doing that. (laughs) Yeah, Kyrie Irving. Thanks for reminding me. He's in the news, man. He's in the news. (laughs) We gotta see his team. The Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> uh, was it true that it was also they were celebrating like uh, French Heritage Night in Madison Square Garden when Batum hit the? Uh, I don't know that of, actually. I, I saw that going around. I couldn't tell if it was a joke or not, but I don't know. Awesome if it was. He said Clutch that he uh, he tweeted that he took a photo with a fan, just on the streets, uh, and that photo said. Go Celtics. Love you, Big Al. <laughs> he thought he was out for oh, Both Batum... good looking guys. Yeah, it's sort of see how maybe uh, yeah. casual can you get that. Um, get anyway. Mistaken. Awesome. Yeah, so uh, join us on playback. We're going to be watching Nets Clippers. Uh, why not? 7.30? 7.30 ET. All right. It'll be fun. Uh, I was going to say the link is in the show notes, but I think I forgot to put it there. I will add it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Who you got for a win of the weekend? Okay. That was a good play, Trey. I got another great play. Corey Kispert. He's living the life. Starting guard for the Washington Wizards. <laughs> he, he gets the ball. He's allowed to fire anytime he touches mm-hmm. that thing. He's got a great percentage here in year two. 43% from three. And that included the luckiest shot you will ever see a person take. From the corner, it hit the absolute top corner of the backboard Ooh, and went yeah. in. Wow. It is amazing. And Bradley Beal saw it. Everybody saw it from the bench. <laughs> you, you you had you couldn't you can't do that over again. And he Bradley Beal had a great angle there to see how it barely, barely touched the top quarter. 
you know, occasionally you'll see the rare shot from the corner that hits the backboard, like mm-hmm. the actual backboard, like MJ in 96 when JD was there to see Michael Jordan hit a shot after the buzzer against the Raptors in their inaugural year. That's that was right. just a little bit late. Backboard in it. But that was top corner and dropped in. That was amazing. The most incredible angle I think you can hit a three from. It happened this weekend to Corey Kispert. Just like, just yeah, with a kiss off the glass. Is Corey Kispert going to be uh, in the uh, three-point contest? We don't know any names yet, do we? We're waiting. Yeah. Who we got? We got Dame wants to be in it. He's, allo- he's yep. allowed. He said he wants Has to. Has he said that? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. This guy loves All-Star Weekend. He does, man. He loves it more Respect. than we do. Respect. <laughs> I would throw Lowry Markin in there because he's uh, in that's Utah. That's good. good, good, good. I think Utah Watanabe should be in it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, um, I'm out. I'm All out right. of guys right, right now. Maybe, maybe, um, I, I mean, it sounds like he's going to go in the dunk contest, but Trey Murphy the third could also do both. Dame's be tried it before. Why not try and be, uh, win both of them on the same weekend? Give it a go at the very least. Okay. Anyway, maybe Has a whisper, will be there. A whisper. <laughs> a whisper. A wizard. Has a wizard been announced for any event yet, period? Like, they don't have an all-star. I know. I don't think they – they don't have a rising star, do they? They don't. They're not, uh, Johnny they're not Davis didn't make rookie, it. No. Johnny Davis? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, I think you can lock Corey in. I think then. that's probably yeah. a good yeah. guess. Yeah, real uh, Tim Legler style. <laughs> <laughs> Show up in a Wivelons jersey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, my winner of the weekend, I'm going to give it to the Pelicans for a couple of reasons. They snapped their 10-game losing streak with two wins. Over the weekend. On Saturday, Brandon Ingram, he played his uh, best ball since returning from that nearly two-month injury. He's been back for a little bit here, but he scored 35 points in a win over the Lakers. Trey Murphy III hit a couple clutch three-pointers late. He had back-to-back threes late. So they snapped that streak. Good for them. And then he stayed hot. Trey Murphy III did on Sunday. He scored a season-high 30 points as the Pels put 136 on the Foxless Kings. Um, who is away from the team right now, De'Aaron Fox, for unspecified personal reasons. Hope everything's okay with him and his family. But, uh, yeah, New Orleans hit 14 of 26 from deep. A lot of those from Trey Murphy, like I said. He had six of them, I believe. They had no Zion, no Ingram because of the back-to-back situation. No JV, who left Saturday's game with a sore right quadricep. So they still uh, dominated this game. 136 points on the Kings. So the Pels are now back above 500, 28 and 27. They're currently in ninth place. They're basically tied with the Warriors, who just lost Curry. So maybe that's sort of like another like winner of the weekend sort of nod to the Pelicans because the Warriors lose Curry. But you already slipped it in there, Trey. I was going to put it here. The Pelicans are two and a half games out of the third seed in the Western Conference, but they're also two and a half up on being the third worst team in the Western Conference. That's where the Warriors and Pelicans sit right now. Two and a half games from being the third best or the third worst in your conference. That is nuts. At this point, I mean, we are over 50 games in. 55 for a lot of these teams. Yeah, it's uh, and it's also weird to think, like, there was a time when the Pelicans were first in the Western Conference, and we're thinking, wow, they might finish first in the Western Conference and get the number one draft pick from the Lakers with this pick swap. It could end up that the Lakers don't even want to do a pick swap if things go poorly for New Orleans, right? And the Lakers could finish with a better record because they're also jammed up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, getting a couple of wins here after a 10-game losing cool. streak, like, this is a gift, uh, quite honestly, to, to pull off both of those. Surely some of it was personnel-related, yeah. but you'll take it right now because they are pretty decimated by injuries. And getting 30 from a Trey Murphy the third is like, thank you so much, somebody doing something out there. Yeah. 
Any thoughts on the Pels here getting some much-needed wins? Well, you guys are the uh, the Kings whisperers. Is it just personnel that they got blasted by 30? Is it okay? It's just one of those games. It's just one of those games. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, they lost to the to Pacers, Monica. though, too, huh? They've yeah, lost four or five. Yeah, they're, they're in a, Jover? a little slump right now. 29-23 overall. But again, I don't know what the Fox deal is here. This sort of sucks that he's not there. Um, they and, got they got a couple uh, Rockets games coming up, which nice. which can uh, nice. heal all the wounds though. Two games against the Rockets. They got a two game baseball set. Oh, in Houston. Okay. Well, you know these uh, teams are scrappy still. Nothing's yeah, a given oh, in yeah. this league. No, no, I you agree. Would, you would almost guarantee one win there, but right. you want to take both if you're uh, if you're the Kings. Okay, let's hear from you guys. Winners and losers. From the NBA weekend, we left a lot of meat on the bone. So you tell us uh, who you wish we would have talked about. What will it change? Nothing. It's not like we're going to come back tomorrow and say, hey, we missed this one. <laughs> we missed that one. But, hey, it might make you feel better. I think, we, And we do read the comments. So We do. Yeah. And I, I've, I've been reading them here <laughs> yeah. in the stream team. I think the only thing, literally the only thing we haven't mentioned, Cam Thomas had a 44.9. Good point. That was a big winner. Good, Good game. Good point. game, Cam. Cam Thomas, a guy who that uh, I believe I had in that hypothetical, or as I did, hmm. the Nets, the Lakers, the Hornets trade, Cam Thomas would have been going to Charlotte there hmm. in that big hypothetical from uh, SI. Anyway, great game for him. He smiled a little bit at the end, too. What was funny? <laughs> Interesting. Just getting buckets. Hmm. <laughs> okay. the, the people have also <laughs> spoken about uh, the better team right now between the Mavs um, and the did Nets. Did we have a poll going? Oh, we polled it. Trey polled it. Okay. Nearly I haven't a, looked at it. Nearly a thousand votes. I think people are going to agree with Skeetsy on this one more than you guys. Thirty-six mm. percent of people agree with you. Damn. Oh. <laughs> Damn. Damn. <laughs> That's because Katie's not playing right now. The Mavs. Sixty-four percent. Forgot the guy was an MVP. Basically. Yep. He's got to play. Better Availability team, right? is best ability. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> He'll be back soon, hopefully. Uh, all right. Let's get to pick'em results from Friday night. It was a Kings-Pacers game. Uh, Kings were favorite on the road in Indiana there in the field house. Pacers straight up won. So that's a win for Tass. First win there in the month of February. I took an L. Trey took an L. Trey's 2-1. and one. We're 1-2. One and two. What's tonight's game? Well, I'll just go back to the uh, trade demand from Kyrie Irving. When he made the trade demand, their, their coach, Jacques Vaughn, said, what are we going to do? We're going to show up. We're going to play basketball. He said, quote, we're not going to make this weird. We're here to play. We're here to do a job. Well, tonight, Jock, we will get weird on playback as we watch the Brooklyn Nets at home to the Clippers. Mm-hmm. And because the Nets are so shorthanded, they are getting six and a half points. They're six and a half point dogs at home. Skeets, you think they can cover that, while Trey and I think that the clip will cover seven. I do. Or more. What do you call these type of games, Trey, when a team's missing a bunch of guys? Guys being dudes. Guys <laughs> being dudes. Watch out for the Nets and those guys being dudes tonight and putting up a valiant fight <laughs> against the Clippers and losing by four. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I like that's that. why I'm taking them. I thought you were going to, too. I got to be honest. I'm like, oh, this is a classic guys being dudes potential here. This is, there's some guys <laughs> being dudes potential here, but uh, unfortunately for... The Brooklyn Nets, the dudes have been playing for the LA Clippers. Yeah. And they're going to be rested. Yeah. You know, Kawhi and Paul George both played against the Knicks over the weekend. So I'm assuming they'll probably both play in this game. Who are your top three candidates for dude of the night 
for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, well, Cam Thomas will still yeah, be in the mix. High dude potential. Give me uh, Watanabe. Okay. Mm. Duda uh, Watanabe. Yeah. And uh, who's going to be my third dude star <laughs> tonight? Well, I'll go Claxton. I think Claxton could have a nice okay. big game. Uh, he could do some work inside. This is a very uh, the end of a very, very long road trip, I believe, here for the Clippers. Confirmed. So, uh, Confirmed. Tired of uh, sleeping in hotel beds. <laughs> it caught up to them. We'll find out tonight. I think they've been like, win, lose, win, lose, win, lose, like a lot on this of that, road trip. Yeah. So uh, they just won. That means they're going to lose tonight. <laughs> Hopefully for me. To the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn dudes. Uh, playback tonight, 7.30. Uh, we'll share that link uh, across all social media channels if you want to join us. It's free to sign up for playback, and then you just log in with whatever your TV subscription is that you watch NBA games with. DirecTV, Hulu TV, YouTube TV, League Pass, yada, yada, yada. It's a lot of fun. Come hang with us. Okay, tweet of the night. Let's do it. Mm, tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. It's a heartwarming story in the NBA. It comes from uh, the Ringers' Kevin O'Connor. Spurs rookie Jeremy Sohan is shooting 75% from the line since changing his form to a one-handed motion on December 19th. Now, we showed it to you. On December 23rd, we show you his wild shooting form in our best of the week segment. This rook in front of the world has changed it. It is nuts. He gets to the line, pulls that left hand far away, the ball is corralled first, you know, with his wrist towards him, like he's the uh, server that's going to be serving us pizza in Salt Lake City when we go to All-Star Weekend, okay? <laughs> okay? And then he turns it around. Like, the left hand is nowhere near the ball. It's pretty cool. He just he's got a big enough hand to do it, yeah, no problem. Yeah, easy. And uh, he follows through. Gets good arc on it. That looks nice. Really good arc, it I looks feel great. like, on this one. It's one-handed. And he was shooting 40% from the line when we talked about it, December 23rd. And again, as uh, Kevin O'Connor said, 75% since then. It's actually even gone up a few percentage points. He had a 5 by 5 night uh, on the weekend. Pretty cool. Respect. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, that's pretty cool. most, I mean, any NBA player, let alone a kid, exactly. teenager. Exactly. To be like, dude, you suck at free throws. Try something else. A lot of them would be like, no. I don't want to. I'm too cool for school. I don't want to, whatever, shoot underhand or something like that. You know, <laughs> change hands. For him to try this, for them Spurs to like, you got to give it a go, whatever. I don't know, whatever whatever metrics they showed him in practice. I don't know, but he, like, why not? At that point, it's literally like, why not? It can't really get much worse. Uh, and he's seeing um, some success with it. So and that's cool. And he's shooting better from three as well. Uh, a respectable sort of league average number, which is high for him. So, yeah, the shooting form is great. I wonder if he'll ever add the guide hand back or mm-hmm. if the Spurs are just like, that thing is cursed, man. Don't let it touch the ball oh, at all. Gosh. you got to shoot it one-handed only because, I mean, it looks nice now. The release looks perfect yeah. with the right hand, but who knows? guess it's becoming a thing. First Tristan Thompson, then Mason Plumley, now Jeremy Sohan. Yeah. Who's next? <laughs> we all know who it well, should be. Well, we know who it should be. It won't be, but <laughs> no. we know who it should be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people may see it Friday night in the Rising Stars Challenge game. It'll be a big story at All-Star Weekend. <laughs> Jeremy oh, Sohan wow. going to the line. A lot of people don't watch Spurs games, so yeah. they could be seeing Jeremy Sohan if he is at the line. Oh, you think it could go viral yeah. on oh, Friday night? It could. <laughs> He's basketball's Jim Abbott doing it out there without without a hand. That's cool. That's very, very Watch cool. some old Jim Abbott clips. This guy was a wonder. Mind. Oh, yeah. Oh. It is. It's phenomenal. <laughs> For those that don't know who the hell you're talking about, Jim Abbott, you want to quickly explain? <laughs> Baseball pitcher who had one hand. Yeah. He has have the uh, the glove 
Just ju the glove just <laughs> resting there as he pitched with the other hand. Then he'd throw the glove on the hand and be ready to field. Yeah. What a feat. Nobody <laughs> talks about it. Nobody talks about it. <laughs> Threw a no-hitter once, didn't he? Jim Evans? I think he did. I think he did, yeah. That's a, yeah. That does sound right. I remember when I was a kid, I thought he was, like, the coolest baseball player in a lot. I was like, how the hell are you do this? It's incredible. Hey, a little baseball talk. Yeah. Nice. Way to get Jim Abbott in there. <laughs> okay. not expect that. Not at all. <laughs> no. Did he get no hitter? Confirmed? Yeah. yeah, confirmed no hitter. Angels? Was he still with the Angels? It looks like he was a New York Yankee uh... at the time, but also confirmed French Heritage Night. At, at MSG. Too, as long baby. as we're confirming things in the New York area right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us here on a Monday podcast. Really appreciate it. If you want to hear us talk more about that Kyrie Irving trade, you can, of course, fire up yesterday's emergency podcast. Uh, 35 minutes of us talking about it when the news broke. Make sure you like the video. Make sure you subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Make sure you follow us across all the social media channels. We're talking Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at No Dunks Inc. We're here all week long. Now, this could be a very exciting week. Mm. Trade deadline week. You never know when a trade's going to happen. We'll hopefully be ready to react with an emergency podcast, either here in the factory or at least jump in the yard and break it all down. Um, I'm feeling pretty good now after this Kyrie, though, that we will have some more deals here, even from those two teams that we talked about in the Nets and the Mavs. Are they done? Are they going to be aggressive here trying to help their chances to uh, make a playoff run? So hopefully we'll have some more trades and we will be talking about them on No Dunks. You can bet your ass. So make sure you subscribe. <laughs> Get your tickets to No Dunks Live, Salt Lake City, February 17th, 8 p.m. Where uh, I guess, I don't know, will we have already eaten the pizza test or will that come yeah. after the show? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that. Pizza in Salt Lake City? Is that like a known thing? <laughs> well, we've got, we've got a line on a oh. good-looking za. Okay. Uh, I, would say, I would say <laughs> after. Either Friday night, Saturday, Saturday night. Saturday, yeah. Post -game when do we get in? Thursday. I guess it could happen Thursday. It could. It could. Get our carbs in us before a live show? Got to get our energy. Yeah. That's the decision we have to make. Yep. We want to feel a little potentially heavy. Yeah. Uh, there is that. There is that risk. <laughs> I ate so much pizza this weekend. Did like, you? Just an absurd amount of pizza. Why? Would you take in or, or uh, take out I, I got, well, I did pick up. I did pick up yep. uh, Friday night, so I had leftovers for Saturday. Then we went back to the same pizza place on Saturday, ate there. Holy crap. And then I just ate the rest of the leftovers You had pizza basically Friday. five on times Sunday. this weekend, like different <laughs> meals, lunches, and dinner? Yeah, yeah. I was go I was in pizza overload. <laughs> Thin crust or fat fatty? Uh, medium. I would say it's uh, a medium, medium crust. Not a, not a thicky okay. boy and not a cracker <laughs> crust at all. Uh, shout out to Savage Pizza. Pizza for the savage in you. Oh, yeah, Savage Pizza's good. Yeah, there's a little Five Points location. There's an Avondale Estates location. <laughs> Both good. Hey, Cross, Cross is better now. What type of pie do we have our eye on in Salt Lake City? Uh, you know, more like an artisanal thin, thin crust. Yeah, you know I love that thin. <laughs> Woo! I do too. You know I, I do. love that snap. I wonder. You does Salt some, Lake you City some have? Some, a... You'll have some flour in your beard tray. You know, uh, like, yeah, like a cornmeal. Yeah, some <laughs> light a dusting. Cornmeal on the bottom so it doesn't <laughs> stick to the pizza slice. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> is there a Utah-style pizza? Let us know. What's Utah style? I mean, they came out with Detroit style like three years ago, and people acted like it was a real Get thing. Get out of here. Oh, We're just making up new regional oh, pizzas. This guy. Oh, I've been geez. eating a, a, a pizza by the name from the guy named Caesar for years, man. That's not Detroit style. But well, they have a deep, they have a deeper disher. It didn't, it didn't last too long. It didn't do well. Nobody wanted have, like, it. Like a Bigfoot pizza? Is that what they called it? I don't know.
Anyway, there's a good dive. Tell me about Utah style. Very salty, I assume. Oh, Salt Lake City, get it. <laughs> good shakaroni pizza talk on. Uh, <laughs> on is this is good? Is this good? Well, yeah. That's uh, <laughs> crap. Hilarious talk. Yeah, though how <laughs> crappy it is. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow morning or with an emergency <laughs> podcast. Uh, until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, I don't know if we're going to Utah, folks. After reading the stream team comments, <laughs> Ryan Poe says Utah pizza is white and soggy. What? Oh, Come on. <laughs> I, I also am seeing here that people are saying, you don't want Utah style pizza. Ask Michael Jordan. <laughs> ah. We're going to order from every pizza place yeah, in Salt Lake City until we get sick. We're getting sick for sure. Bro. <laughs> I can't wait. All right. Embrace the day, people. <laughs>